Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your Wendy's Wake Up Call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup free when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery. Whether you're a student interested in green energy, looking for a great new career, or a seasoned building professional who wants more knowledge about energy efficiency, here's your opportunity to fuel your future. PG&E's energy centers offer more than 500 free online classes. Get practical insights, continuing education credits, and prepare for a range of certifications. From industry experts through live webinars or over 80 on-demand classes, enroll at pge.com training. Wire podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me is Ryan Keefe, and we have a special, special, so special, mentally special guest in wow. Nathan Royans. Nathan Royans, who you might know from Twitter as Indy Royans, right? No. Are you are you no. still DTF? DTF <laughs> underscore Indy. Oh, I'm sorry. DTF underscore Indy. The Colts advocate that's always harassing us on Twitter, Facebook. Actually, he listens to like one show a month. And then he just, you know, he but he's on. We talk about him all the time on here. But so first, before we get to Nathan, who's shirtless right now, Ryan, how are you doing, man? Doing good, buddy. I would like to point out that I mentioned Nathan last week in my uh, best bets, and it ended up paying off. I'm 100 percent sure he did not listen to that episode. Oh, I know. That's why I had to bring it up. That's I, I, I took the Colts uh, minus two and a half. Oh, so you you covered? Oh, I covered and smashed. Yeah, I did. I went two and one, so I didn't smash. I got money on the. Falcons tonight because I'm a degenerate, but I did not give that out as a best bet. So I went two and one of my best bets, and that's what we're going by. Um, but we'll get to that on Wednesday. That's our betting show. We'll get to that on Wednesday. Um, Nathan, how you doing, man? Good. Thank you for allowing me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> are you your guest? Are you psyched? Are you psyched for the game this weekend? I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, I think it should be a good matchup. Um, first, I mean, I want to shout out to Ryan for mentioning me on the podcast and being a little. You didn't know. You didn't even know he mentioned you until just now. You didn't I know did he even actually, me- you you called me or texted me earlier this this night and you said, "Hey, are you ready?" And I said, "Of course." And you said, "Did you listen to the pod?" I said, "I don't think I responded." I said, "You're not." And so, I what I did was I went on the podcast site wherever where I subscribe. And uh, I listened to it, and I put it on the two times speed. You guys both sounded like Ben Shapiro, and <laughs> I, I, think I, made, I think I made it to Ryan Q's part. So that's all I needed. 
the first 10 minutes. He listened to the first 10 minutes on a two times speed. So it took you three minutes to get to the content that you really <laughs> needed. But you know what? That is actually a ringing endorsement before the Browns Wire podcast because we will bring you the heat early and often. Put us on two times speed and we will give you our best bets in three minutes. But yeah, we're so it's the Browns now won three games in a row. Sometimes. Depends on how long I've gone without sex. So uh, the Browns have won three games in a row. They're going uh, to play the Indianapolis Colts. Ryan, I'm going to need you to look up the spread for that. When I checked, it was a pick em. I saw that the line did move to the where the Colts are now giving one point. Uh, but I would like an updated spread on Bavada if possible, please. I can't pull it up because my computer is terrible. But I'm going to be honest with you. I All week long, people were messaging us, and you actually ignored them, Ryan. They were messaging you, too on the Browns Wire Twitter page, Browns Wire podcast, that they were asking for our predictions. And I said that my money, gun to my head, would be on the Dallas Cowboys, uh, given the four points. Well, I was wrong. The Cleveland Browns destroyed the Dallas Cowboys 49-38, to 38, hopefully putting the Dallas Cowboys in a spiral to the bottom of not only the NFC East, but the NFL. And I kind of knew that I was going to be wrong because I went to the gym that morning, and I guess less than Jake has a new single out, a new new. <laughs> CD coming out, and whenever whenever there's a new ska, that's actually the last time the Browns won three games in a row was when ska was popular. I, I think someone would have to double check me on that, but that sounds about right in, in the 2000 aughts. <laughs> but Ryan, what did you think about the game? Um, well, here's a fun little fact. Um, oh, he's got the facts. There are some people in their 30s that have been Browns fan that have never seen the Browns be three and one. Mm-hmm. And also score forty nine points in the same season. It's insane. That that is something that hasn't happened since nineteen, I think eighty eight, eighty seven. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's been thirty or thirty one years, depending on how you calculate the season. It really was. I, I know that the defense played. You can pick apart the defense, right? They left thirty eight points, but honestly, it really was the perfect game. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they heading heading into the fourth quarter, I, I would have to look it up. Heading into the fourth quarter, they were winning 41-14. Then they kind of took the foot off the pedal defensively, and then the Cowboys moved the ball. So I'm really trying to not pick apart the defense knowing that. Uh, but the Browns really had, I mean, they had a great game. The run game was awesome. The offensive line is spectacular. Uh, we talked about how the Cowboys linebackers move and groove pretty well, Alden Smith and Jalen Smith. Perhaps I was wrong about Jalen Smith because he looked absolutely pathetic. Uh, they, You know, I how many? I mean, how many rushing yards did the Browns have? Oh, 307 rushing yards. Cream Hunt had two touchdowns. OBJ had a touchdown on the ground. Dearness Johnson had 95 yards on 13 carries. The team looked great. It sucks that Nick Chubb got hurt on like what this is sixth carry, but they were still churning and grinding. And I really that was the first time I actually came away this year at least where I was like, wow, the Browns look like a playoff team. They really look like a playoff team. Nathan, I know that you watch the Browns pretty closely. You're a Colts expert, but I'll go ahead and ask you, what did you see from the Browns' victory on? I mean, Sunday. I think they, you're starting to see that offense flow the way everyone thought it would a few years ago when they set this offense or put this offense together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what they've done the best this year compared to the years past is they're starting to just get creative with their runs. It's not, you know, every formation may look the same at first, and then they kind of move some people around. They, they run outside left and right and then kind of spread that defense out so then they can pound it right up the middle. Every so often. So I think they're getting a lot more creative with their offense, um, not just being stale, where in the past it seemed like they just kind of run on first, run on second, and then throw on third and panic. Um, Baker looks a little bit more like his old self uh, here and there. So you guys are number one running defense or running offense, right? Too. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, back to the Baker thing. It's, Baker, I, maybe he's not as explosive as some people would like, uh, as I'm hearing the, the Twitter crowds talk about him being a game manager. But the most important thing for Baker is to not create a turnover, and he's been doing that. He had another game where he had no turnover. You know, I think that that's the most important thing. I don't need him to pass for 300 yards because we're going to have Hunt and Johnson and Chubb bashing the ball at you behind the strong offensive line. I don't need you to throw for 300 yards. That's perfectly fine. You know, he still had a very productive game, and as long as he's not creating turnovers, I'm okay with that. Another thing that we need to discuss is the Browns' defense. Again, I know that the Browns let the Cowboys score 38 points. I know that that is less less than ideal. But honest to God, before that fourth quarter, they held them to 14 points. That's one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. We know what the Browns' weaknesses are. Uh, The safeties. We're, we're terrible. Andrew Sandejo had another game where it was just super questionable. Carl Joseph, you know, he lays the wood. He's a very good physical sa- uh, safety. I think he plays very well most of the times. So he had another rough game. Uh, Ronnie Harrison played great, but he only played like 11 snaps, nine snaps maybe. So I think you're going to see him being incorporated more, and that's a good sign for the defense. But other than that, the defense played great. They still forced five turnovers. Uh, Miles Garrett had his third game in a row with a strip sack uh, you know you know i think you're going to be hard pressed to find a better defensive line in the nfl especially with the rush rate that olivier vernon and miles Garrett have been putting on there sheldon richardson was hurt ha- halfway through so you're expecting him back for the colts there's really not a lot to hate other than the linebacker depth and i hate to say it the guy i've been bashing on all pre-draft process jordan phillips actually looked really good as well so you take in those factors and i think that there's a lot to work with and i'm very happy with how the defense played ryan what do you think uh, so my takeaways from this were almost like you were saying. So at one point it was actually 14 to seven Cowboys. And you kind of got the impression that like Dak Prescott and the Cowboys were just going to truck right through this game at home. The offense looked like you did. Gonna... I didn't think that the Browns in the first quarter looked like they were going to stop the Cowboys. Every Cowboys game this season is going to be a shootout. That's true. If you're playing the Cowboys is going to be the shootout. Their defense is giving away points like they're Oprah Winfrey. Everybody gets some. So that being said, I think the Browns had scored on one of their first three possessions where the Cowboys were just trucking through. And then for whatever reason, it clicked. The the Browns actually had two shutout quarters, the second and third quarter, where they allowed no points. Um, It was 24 garbage time, fourth quarter points by Dak Prescott. So I wouldn't really care so much about that. At that point, the game's over. You're resting, guys. You're figuring out what's going on. You're getting reps for other guys. The Browns on defense looked really great. I think it's Miles Garrett or bust. So if any team actually designs a scheme to block him, it's going to be really hard for the second level and the other guys on the team. But the thing I took away from the best of, of, of the game the most is the way that they are running the ball. Like Nate said, they've struck gold and Wyatt Teller. I mean, his, yes. his play as, as the guard position has been phenomenal with the new two bookends who get all the recognition. And then the non-passing or the non-blocking tight end and the third guy on the entire roster at that position, depending on which one you're looking at, Harrison Bryant has even blocked well. So yes, he has. With them playing 21 personnel and putting OBJ and Jarvis on the outside, they're getting seven legitimate blockers out there at any one point in time and letting Chubb and Hunt and all those guys go out there and just destroy it. Hunt had uh, 11 carries for like 75 yards and two touchdowns and had the lowest yard per carry of anyone on the team at 6.5. So as long as they're running the ball like that and getting play design left and right, moving the pocket, you don't need Baker to go back there and sling it to win the game. I'm not saying he's a game manager, but he's far more efficient when the game is being scripted for him a la, you know, like a, a, a Jimmy Garoppolo type situation or Jared Goff. Those guys have talent. But if McVeigh and Shanahan and 
and now the Browns staff can scheme a game to, to keep the quarterback successful and run the ball, the Browns could have enough talent to be a, a scary team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like what you said about blocking. First of all, the Wyatt Teller thing. When the Browns made the trade for Wyatt Teller, I was all over that. I gave Wyatt Teller. I was very, very, very. I loved Wyatt Teller coming out of Virginia Tech. He's a guy who just body bags people. And this offense fits him perfectly. He likes to put guys in the dirt, and he does it very, very well. So I'm glad that he's he's kind of you know flowering, if you will. As far as the blocking from Harrison Bryant goes, I have no idea where that came from. Because that guy, <laughs> did not, he, didn't, he didn't block a lick at Florida Atlantic. And they played in the central. The, Conference USA, and that you know I me. Mean, if you can't block in the Conference USA, I don't know why you'd be able to block in the NFL. But he's doing great. He's doing great. He's chipping great. He's blocking great. I don't I have no idea. But yeah, I think that there's been mar- it's weird the improvements that have been made, and I think that Stefanski has been doing a good job of playing to their strengths. Uh, Nathan, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we moved on to the uh, preview for next week? Just one last call out. I thought OBJ, and I think I saw your tweet about this, Josh, about asking if this is true or not. Yes. That's the first game that he's yes. had two touchdowns. Three. Uniform, right? No, it's his first multiple touchdown game as a Brown, but he has. Is three. that right? Oh, my yeah. God. That's wild. That's wild to me. <laughs> so That's insane to me. He's one of my keys to the game is, is stopping him. He's, he's kind of your guys' game breaker. I think if he gets going, there's just no stopping your guys' offense. I mean, he, when he's in his groove, you guys, are, you guys are what you guys should be from that standpoint. I think that's fair. That's another thing, too. It's like we're finally at the point as Browns fans where they're so talented, it's hard to pick what their strength is um, because it's pretty obvious that they're, they, they, I mean, you gotta, you gotta stack the box to stop Kareem Hunt. And apparently, Dearness Johnson, who, by the way, AAF Hall of Famer, former Orlando Apollo, no one loves Dearness Johnson more than me. Dearness Johnson has a very <laughs> upsetting, uh, kind of a, a down, crappy little career at USF after being fairly high, highly recruited, didn't really do much in his first in the pros, went to the AF, really improved, really mastered the game, came back to the Browns, now he's an impact player. But, you know, punt, you see what punt returns, kick returns, even when he's not getting carries. So the shout-out AAF. Um, also, I think Garrett Gilbert's still hanging around too. But, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Nathan. OBJ is, is so good. He's so smooth. I think that people forget he's a superstar, but he is a superstar and he, he's shown why he's a superstar um it's just really interesting to see like well what do we do do we stop the run do we stop the pass and it's not very often you say that about a browns team usually it's what do we do why they suck you know so that'll be interesting so moving on uh we got hold on hold on, hold on. i've got i got two more little juicy details about this game all right so other than stefanski looking like a beautiful nfl version of kevin love when he was calling plays for the Vikings last year. They struggled out the gate as well to figure out their offensive identity. But uh, about halfway through the season, Kirk Cousins really came on. Stephon Diggs came on. They had Dalvin Cook. I I see that the Browns have more weapons in that team, and I've flipped my viewpoint on um, what this Browns offense and team can be, at least offensively. So that's promising. But uh, the getting OBJ the ball thing, the amount of end arounds and the wide receiver pass and things like that, Jarvis Landy threw an absolute dime left-handed. Yeah. Fun well, he's left-handed. About, well, fun fact about Jarvis Landry, he throws the football left-handed, he throws a baseball right-handed, and he makes love with both hands. So oh that's just oh, that's yeah. something that needs to be known. <laughs> and then the last thing about this game, the last two teams to score 49-plus points against the Cowboys in Dallas both went on to reach the Super Bowl. The Eagles in 2004 and the Broncos in 2013. My hammering the Browns. God, hammer the Browns. Hammer the Browns. Now, hold on. What are Both the new those odds teams on lost in the Super Bowl, but 
Oh, At shit. least you might get to live up to some of that Super Bowl hype that the Browns got when they got this roster together a year ago. No shit. We talked about the the odds for the Colts game. Do you have the Super Bowl, the new updated Super Bowl odds up, Brian? Uh, Is that have, new? I don't have the Super Bowl odds, but I can get those. Uh, the Browns game this weekend. Uh, Is this both. on Bovada? Can you look up the Browns spread for the Bovada, on Bovada? While I was looking that up, I do want to go on the record as a longtime listener of this podcast. <laughs> I know that. I know that you know when when the the coaching hire was made with Stefanski. I was a big fan. I was a big fan. Yes, That's on the record, over Mike McCarthy, not a fan. So, what are what are your thoughts right now? Looking at you know they just went head to head. One is not doing so hot, and one's doing you know three and one with the Browns. So, and you remembered that I did not like the Stefanski hire. I was not right. for Stefanski. I didn't want them to hire McCarthy either, but I was higher on McCarthy than Stefanski. Well, McCarthy kept doing that whole thing. We're like, I know what I did wrong. Take me back. I know what I did wrong. He's like that. He's like that ex-boyfriend who beat the hell out of you, and he's like, I can, I can change, <laughs> and you believe him. You know what I mean? He's like, I, I hired an analytics guy, and it's like, dude, you didn't do shit. You're the same old piece of shit. But to, I don't. I, I honestly don't really know what the problem is. I think it's their defense. They score a lot of points. Mike Nolan, the defensive coordinator. I don't know if they're buddies or what's going on there. I don't think Mike McCarthy is a terrible coach. I think if you win a Super Bowl, you're not a terrible coach. I just don't really know what's going on there. That that's my best guess is that they're they got the wrong defensive corner, Mike Nolan, um, and they've sacrificed that defense. They let guys like Byron Jones walk. Uh, you know they didn't they didn't draft a defender in the first round. They drafted Ceedee Lamb, and they do mm-hmm. stuff like that constantly. Oh, they're, they're just they're letting that defense walk away, and I think it's very awkward. Kevin Stefanski's done a phenomenal job. We are four games in. So I'm trying to keep level-headed, uh, which is funny because I usually get grilled. Everybody was kind of making fun of me because I said that the Cowboys were going to win. I try to stay level-headed and non-biased, but it is hard to not get giddy after watching that because that was a playoff team. It's I mean, you know, I watched football all weekend. I saw maybe, what, three, four teams that were better than the Browns this past weekend? They looked great. They looked phenomenal. That offense was killing it, and the defense wasn't that bad. And the 38 points, I really – I'm not knocking them down for that. I, I really don't think anybody should. Uh, but that's where I stand on the Stefanski-McCarthy front. But, I, you know, I said the same thing about Bill O'Brien. I don't think Bill O'Brien's a terrible coach. I think he's an awful, awful, awful GM. But, you know, one of those guys had to go. You can't you, – the GM or the head coach had, had to go. But, unfortunately, they're the same goddamn person. <laughs> so, I guess they both had to leave. <laughs> yeah. I think it sounds like How the you- perfect job. It sounds like the perfect job for Hugh Jackson just to come in there just one year. <laughs> let's just be awful for one more year as a Texan fan. The cleanup. And- He's the cleanup. Yeah. He's like that guy. Have you ever seen Pulp Fiction where they call the guy in to clean up everything after they shoot that guy in the backseat? <laughs> Yeah. Ryan, you, you don't talk about he's like exactly the opposite. Know. He's yes, he's yes. the guy that you bring in to like bloody the entire place. There you go. There's your mess. Yeah. But they got Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell's gonna be the interim coach, who's another former Cleveland Browns coach, so who also sucked, but we'll see what he can do. I don't know. I'm not opposed to it. Uh but moving on uh to the Colts Browns game. Are you guys ready to talk about this? Yeah, so the line on that is three points. And that's at Shut up. The Colts are favored by three. Um, you can get it at three and a half, um, but I think Bavada is the best in the average. Colts giving up three on the road in Cleveland. Wow, that blows my mind. This this spread opened up yesterday um, as a as a pick'em, but it opened up before the the Colts finished their game. Um, it opened up at like noon, or no, it opened up right after the Browns game, like four o'clock, but. 
before the the bear the Colts finished off the Bears, and it was a pick'em. So it's moved three points in the last day. That, that's utterly shocking to me. Um, the Colts are three and one. They've just come off barely beating the Chicago Bears, nineteen to eleven, who are also three and one. Even though everybody makes fun of the Bears, the Bears were three and zero going in there. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is now the undefeated quarterback in Chicago, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, the Indianapolis Colts defense looked had another game where they looked absolutely phenomenal. Their linebackers, uh, you know, they looked even. I talked about the Cowboys linebackers, how I thought they were good. The Colts linebackers are definitely better. You know, they floated the ball well. Darius Leonard being the most notable one. Um, but Nathan, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's a good call out with the the linebackers, and as you mentioned, Darius Leonard is Darius Leonard. Um, how, however, I don't know if he'll even be suiting up against the Browns. I know he went down with a groin injury. I haven't followed up to see if if that's anything serious or anything. But uh, you barely noticed with uh, Bobby Okereke coming in there and um, definitely holding the, the the front seven down with his performance. So. I think our linebackers are great. I think uh, I think one of the biggest things to, to watch is our stellar defense. That's uh, you know top three in many categories this year. Yes. Um, I think that's something that we're gonna have to watch for is you guys' high powered offense, especially the running game, and then our front seven and uh, stopping that run and seeing what we do because our D line is definitely better than it's ever been probably in my lifetime to be honest. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's one of the biggest key matchups right there. I think that's a good point. This is going to be a big test. You know, people don't really think of the Colts as a defensive powerhouse because they're so used to the days of Peyton Manning and all that. But the Colts have an outstanding defense, and it's going to be a big test. They're not going to be able to put 50 points on them like they did the Dallas Cowboys. They're not going to average seven yards per carry. The Colts will shut the run down. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do. And, the, you know, this might be a situation where Baker Mayfield has to put the game on his shoulders to win the game. So we'll see how he, he, how he deals with that. One very cool, because um, I know you like uh, small school guys. One cool yes. stat here is uh, Grover Stewart. You got the college top of your head? No, no dude. <laughs> well, we'll look it up. So we got who do you go? Stewart. Where do you go? Uh, I can't remember. You can't remember uh, either. You asked me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping you'd, you'd pitch it out. No, there. I have no idea. I uh, gave you a soft pitch right there. Um, no, but anyway, Grover Stewart took over, I think, week five of last year. So now he's played a full 16 games as a starter. And since taking over, he went to Albany held, State. He's held up. There you go. What oh, jeez. Albany State. There you go. I don't even know uh, what division that is. The Thundering Two? Herd. No, <laughs> the thundering... <laughs> um, no, since he's taken over in those 16 games, he's held rushers to under like 900 and some yards. And average yard per carry, I think, is like 2.9 or something. Really? Something that changed. So, like, small school guy, uh, you know, loved him coming out. He was huge, huge body with extreme athleticism, kind of like a, a Don Terry Poe kind of thing, you know. Well, hold on. Don Terry Poe was a is, is the goddamn... next J.J. Watt. <laughs> He's the next J.J. Watt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that. The Colts are good. They're all three levels of their defense are, are very good, very competitive. I know Rocky Sin was also hurt this last game, too. I'm assuming he's going to be back. Darius, I'm assuming Darius Leonard is going to be back. I tried to give it a quick uh, Google to see where he was at, and I didn't see anything yeah. noting that he was going to be out. Um, Ryan, did you have anything to add? I watched both these games on uh, Sunday. The Colts' defense, aside from week one against Jacksonville and, and Minshew Magic, have mm-hmm. kind of like that. I don't know if that was a wake up call for him or what. I know that was um, Buckner's worst game. He was basically a yeah. He was a window. I mean, in that game, 
people looking right through him. But since then, he's played amazing. I think uh, in this weekend's game, I think he touched Nick Foles five times, had two, one or two batted balls. I mean, between him, kidding. Houston, and I think Okariki is a highly underrated linebacker. Their their front seven is vicious. Having guys like Malik Hooker and Rocky Sin out is huge. I think Xavier well, Malik Bounds, Hooker was the non-factor anyways. I know that, but those are the guys that everyone has the name recognition for. I mean, other than like Xavier Rhodes, who somehow has found the fountain of youth. I think the Jets playing the Jets will do that for you. Um, (laughs) But but he's played well, exceptionally well the last two or three weeks as well, too. So as far as matching up against the receivers, I think that's where the matchup's going to be is if the secondary, the second or the third, second level can stay with OBJ, Landry, Hooper, stuff like that, because I think it's going to be pretty comparative up front. Yeah, that's going to be a tall task for that defensive backfield. But it's also going to be a tall task for Baker Mayfield to deal with that pass rush, like you said, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, uh, Bobby Okariki. You know, those guys are getting to the passer, and they're getting to the passer quick. So I think that that's probably more dependent on the receivers because he's got to get the ball out for them to even catch it. But I definitely see what you're saying. Um, Let's move on to the Colts' offense. I think that the Colts' offense, although rough against the Bears, and they're they're not exactly lighting any up up any scoreboards. I do think that they're very, very, very effective. I think that they've been basically destroyed by injuries. Uh, but I do think that they've come into every game with an in, with a game plan that has been suitable to what they have around them. With that said, the play calls are weird. You know, Rick right, uh, Wright has always done that. He's always gotten too cute with his play calls. Nathan, I'm sure you can attest to that. But the overall game plan is suitable. And Phillip Rivers is the perfect person for this for this offense for the weapons around him to guide these youngsters he's doing a great he's doing a great job i know that they're not lighting up scoreboards but they're they're not they're i think that they're efficient when i watch them they do seem like they're moving the ball i don't see a whole lot of three and outs nathan am i wrong on that no no you're exactly right and i think Reich gets a little cute here and there he definitely did. oh oh yeah <laughs> he definitely did against jacksonville and i think it cost us the game for sure on that one um but I think yeah, I'll, I'll probably never bet on him. To be, I'll probably never bet on him again. To be honest with you, because he's just he's such a damn asshole. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that right now we're just having some some uh, growing pains, and, I, and you mentioned the the injuries is the injury bug has hit us. So we've got Marlon Mack down, so that's down running back one. We've mm-hmm. we're down wide receiver two and three with uh, Pittman and Campbell going down. So we are having a lot of moving parts. A lot of people next man up coming in. So I didn't want to. That's playing that playing into the this uh this offense kind of stalling out but uh we've also had some drops issues uh that have turned into a- even interceptions so even in the against the bears uh same thing happened it got called back though that did get called back um but that's happening um i think for our offense to roll we really need to rely on our tight ends and Wally cox needs to get in there way more than he is i know he's kind of taking the league by storm since over the last well, week two or three let's let's hold on with the high hyperbole there Taking the league yes. by storm. Yes. Well, high, I, high I think player. I think I think Joe Burrow is taking the league by storm. Will you, you say Mo Ali Cox is Joe Burrow? You think that they're making the same impact? I think all all I'm saying Mo Ali Cox's name and Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. weeks ago, two weeks ago, Mo Ali Cox, I believe, was the highest rated. He was PFF player week two. Taking the league by storm. Yeah, that's, he said that. That's what it is. No, I think he needs to get involved more. I think we need to get T.Y. Hilton needs to be involved in a more creative What's aspect. going on with that, man? What's going yeah, on with that? He's basically just, a non-factor. Are they just stacking be, defenses towards him? or? Yeah, exactly. It, it's definitely that because he's our only threat virtually. You, you've got no running back one. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is very much a 
rookie. He's he's still learning. He's still his, his biggest weakness right now is his vision and hitting yes. the right gap and being patient. He's he's amazing when he gets out in the open field because he's a freaking Mack truck and he's moving at four three eight speed. But getting him to pick the right hole and be patient enough to wait for the the hole to open up is still things that he needs to work on. Naeem Hines has had kind of an inconsistent year. He's He's torn it up in some he's games. He's a gadget and in player. Some games is a non-factor. So he's a, he, well. He's always a factor. He's a gadget player. When you when you right. when he's out there, you always got to watch him. Just like T. Y. Hilton, even though T. Y. Hilton has been, I mean, he's basically a non-existent fantasy player at this point. He's still the focus of that offense. He's still somebody you have to watch out for. Naheem Hines isn't isn't T. Y. Hilton, but he's just right. as effective as a. Ter- well, he's need- he's. I think he's better than Tariq Cohen. When he's out there, you you don't know what they're gonna do with him because you can throw it, you can run it. He he does a lot of things for that offense. So I definitely I definitely think that he is a factor. Um, it, it's a it's it's a very interesting offense because, like you said, there's just not a lot there, but, but there's a lot there. Does that make sense? There, there's yeah. when when everything when the total package is great, but there's some assembly required. Um, Jonathan Taylor. It's funny that you that was your scouting report of him because that's. You're absolutely right, and it's scary because that's also the same scouting report basically for Trent Richardson and every running back that sucks because vision is by far the hardest thing to to coach. Now, with that said, it's possible. Everybody says the same thing about accuracy with quarterback, and now we're staring at Josh Allen just setting the world. He's setting the league on fire, right? But I I do think that Jonathan Taylor, we've seen him make cuts and stuff. It's not impossible. It's just funny because that is the exact same scouting report one would have gave to Trent Richardson. That gives me PTSD. Doesn't it? I figured it would because I, I figured it would being a Colts fan. Ryan, what do you think? Um, I think a lot of what was said was spot on. I think Frank Rock does get you know Harold as the guru. I think he does get too cute. I think he's he does man. He's trying to put this puzzle, to, this hundred piece puzzle together, and he's only got eighty pieces. Um, mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton looks old to me, and putting Wait, him, he's not old. He, he might be beat he, up. He, he might looks, never recover from that injury. He looks old to me. He looks old to me. Just that's, that's my take on it. And Philip Rivers, the last two seasons, has been checked down Charlie for a lot of different reasons. Stop. Stop. He has. He has he's led the league in targets and receptions to a running back and a tight end. He never has more than three seconds. He I, has never listen, has had more than three seconds. It. Let me finish. Philip Rivers has the best offensive line he's ever had. With that being said, and with there being the lack of, of wide receivers, I hate that the Colts right now kind of reverting back to Rivers' last couple seasons in Chargers territory, no matter where they were playing at, at dumping it down to the tight ends and the running backs, which they kind of have to do by default because you don't have wide receiver two, wide receiver three, tight end one, stuff like that. So I would, lo- my point is, I would love to see what Frank Reich and Philip Rivers could do with the full roster and a full set of pieces. Right now, the Colts are winning entirely off their defense. I think what four weeks? Well, Flip Rivers has four touchdowns, three interceptions. If the running game's not going, and the defense isn't playing well, it's going to lot of, be a lot of ugly games for the Colts. And if they can win like that right now, that's great because they're going to build a lot by doing it. But if they ever get into a game where they're really having to shoot out or catch up, I don't think it favors the Colts. So this could be a tricky game against the Browns for that reason. That's the only thing I was going to say on that. That and Jonathan Taylor needs, regardless of his vision issues, last week, six. They're not. They're not issues. I want. I want to. I want to make sure that I'm not insulting. I'm not saying they're issues. They're just growing pains. Issues, vision issues, whatever the case is. He's far too talented to try not to overcome that and only get 16 carries and touches last week, and then have running backs two and three combined get more than him. Now I understand you don't want to wear him out. You got 
rookie regression, rookie legs, you know, the, the 16, 17 week season. Um, but if he's going to be your horse and if, and if your offensive game plan is to be, Hey, we're going to run behind Quentin Nelson and the rest of the guys, you have to get that guy involved more than what you're doing and don't turn him into an Adrian Peterson type role that when you know, he's in there, you know, you're going to try and pound the rock when the other guy's in there, you know, you're going to do these eccentric Frank Reich swing pass Naheem Hines out in the flat type stuff because you're, you're pigeonholing your offense. And that was the only thing I was going to say about that. I want to see him open it up. I want to see Jonathan Taylor go out there and get 25 touches a game. You drafted him to do that. Go do that with him. I think that I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I do think that Reich is going out there and he's, he's, what did you say? He's putting together a pu- hundred piece puzzle with 80 pieces. He doesn't have a lot of the people that he thought he was going to have. Paris Campbell was glorious. That, that that's his guy, Josh, too. That's his boom, guy. Boom, gone. And boom, just like that, gone. Michael Pittman, they drafted him to play and they drafted him to play now. And he's been bumped and bruised. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is still recovering from his injury and he might never look the same. Uh, Jack Doyle has been bumped and bruised. The only thing that's really stayed intact is the offensive line. You know, you mentioned Marlon Mack being down too. Marlon Mack was supposed to be the guy over Jonathan Taylor. So now you got Jonathan Taylor and, uh, um, oh, my God, what's the running back that I don't like from the SEC school, Nathan? Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins. Those are your running backs now. And, and, With, you know, is there is there a big – 100 out of 100 vision. Is there – oh, yeah, sure, of course. If, <laughs> is, there, is there a big drop down from – You know, you know your boy your boy's Par- Paris Campbell – your boy Zach Hicks loves Jordan. He Wilkins. loves him some Jordan Wilkins. Awesome. I think he, I, he, you know, he reminds me of what the, the Indianapolis Colts always have these SEC running backs that run for seven million yards, and they get them in the fourth round. And they do nothing like the last guy, Vic Ballard. Well, they're they're always very okay. They're always very okay. And they always have these explosive seasons, kind of like Jerome Harrison for the Browns. That's what he is. He's Jerome Harrison for the Browns, only bigger and tougher. More like Vic, run, more runs more like Vic Ballard. But whatever. Is there is my point was I was going to give him a compliment before you said that. Is there a huge gap from Marlon Mack to him? No, but the different styles make you change your game plan. It t- changes what you're trying to do. I mean, Paris Campbell, for all what we know, was supposed to be a vital part of this offense, and he had all the talent to do that. That's why they drafted him in the second round. So it- it's a shame. I do think that once everything is clicking, this offense is going to be nasty. I know that Philip Rivers has three interceptions, but Nathan, as you said earlier, a lot of the, a couple of those are not on him, and usually at this point he's stolen thirty interceptions. So I don't. I think. I think. I think we're moving in a positive direction. Uh, I I think that Philip Rivers. I I hate that he has a reputation of check down Charlie because I don't think that that's fair. Uh, but that's just kind of the hand that he's been dealt. Um, but let's get to let's get to the picks. We we broke both these games down. We've kind of given you a little what to expect from the Colts. So. The, mm, Ryan, I'm sorry. You said that the spread was three. What's the over-under? What's the total? Uh, let me get that back up. Go on without me on this one. All right. right, let's. You know what? Let's just pick against the spread anyways because no one ever seems to care about the total. Uh, Nathan, what do you got? Uh, like score you, Do you guys – Here. I, I'll, let's – because apparently everybody has no idea what the hell I'm talking about because I'm, I'm I talking – I got it. I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to – if gun to my head, I'm not going to put money on this game. At least the odds of that seem very unlikely. Gun to my head, I'm taking the Colts giving three points. Now, with that said, I – Picked the Cowboys on this very podcast last week, and the Browns smashed them. But with everything we just presented, this is going to be a giant step up on defense. The Colts are an entirely different animal than the Cowboys defensively. So ex- you have to expect Baker Mayfield to step up. This offense can't. Th- th- this it's just a different. It's a different, different, different team. It's a better team. I'm taking the Colts. I think that they do just enough offensively, and I think that they do really well defensively. 
My money gun in my head would be the Colts given three points. Now, Nathan, what do you think? All right. I think I think it's going to be a pretty close game, like you said. I think it's going to be a very defensive game. I think by halftime, you could definitely see a kind of like a six to three game, like very boring, and then see it open up a little bit in the, in the, in the second half. I expect Buckner to be in Baker's face, um, up on him like Joe Biden is on little girl's hair. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I had to throw that in there. We don't endorse this. We don't endorse that. <laughs> this is a non-political I know. Feed. I'm going to say um, my final score, I think it's going to be like probably 24-23, one of those weird scores. But it's going to be a one-point game. Could go either way. One point? I'm going to take the Colts, and I'm, and I'm going to say that – Let's the not take the Colts, buddy. What's up? <laughs> That's not taking the Colts, buddy. Oh, if you think it's a one-point game. Doing betting only. You gotta do, it. do you gotta do it against I'll the spread, do, bro. I'll take the Colts, but it'll be like 27, 23, I guess. Now I'm that. super confused. Now I'm really confused. You said that the Colts are gonna win by one game. I asked you, gun to your head, put money on it, put your money where your mouth is, and you said the Colt, you're taking the Colts, give it the three points. Well, he's really close to the over under. The over under is at forty eight, so he's been within like two points either side <laughs> of the Colts. <laughs> yeah. So so you're taking the Colts say- three points. I was gonna say, uh, Hot Rod was gonna be the the big game changer at the end. Maybe it's his first like clutch game winning field goal. Now he's got so twenty twenty vision. But you're <laughs> yeah. okay. Uh, just so we could put it in stone. Just so we could put it in stone. You think that the Colts win by one point, but money on the table. The you're taking the Colts given three. Yeah, I'll do that. All right, Ryan. What do you, you think? Did. Yeah, I know, right. but I didn't give out a score say that the, the Colts were gonna win by one I point. I think that scores I, I think I think that there's no, I don't I don't really typically do that, but if okay. you want I, I I think that you were on the I kind of disagree with you. I think that I could see the Colts shutting out the Browns, if we're if we're if we're being honest. I, I think that it might get out of hand just because the Browns won't know what to do against this defense. And the Browns defense the back half, the safeties aren't good. They're still they're still figuring that issue out. So I could see the Colts running them into the ground. I would take the Colts giving three gun to my head. Am I super confident about that? No, there's better games on, on the page. But I could see the Colts. If you say, hey, Josh, guess who just won the Colts by two touchdowns? I'd be like, uh, I could have seen that happening. I would be surprised if the Browns destroy the Cowboys. I would be just surprised if the Browns destroy the Colts as bad as they destroy the Cowboys. And a lot of people are thinking that they're going to. If that makes sense. Ryan, what you got? Uh, so as bullish as I was on the Colts last week, I'm going the exact opposite way this week. I just think I'm, I'm breaking it down like this. I think it's between the two quarterbacks and who's the better dancer. You have <laughs> uh, Philip Rivers, who is the world or the NFL's best horizontal mambo specialist because the only protection he gets is his offensive line because he makes more babies than Antonio Cromartie. Both oh, have played for the Colts at the end of their career. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think and so. then um, Baker Mayfield's out there emulating every Fortnite dance he possibly can every time they score. I am going to take the Fortnite dancer in this one and the points. Um, I actually like the under, believe it or not, 48, but I do yeah, like the I like the uh, Browns. You can get them at anywhere from two and a half to three and a half. If it, if it stays at three or higher, I'm going to take the Browns. If it shades under, I'm going to take none of it. Um, I think if the Browns win, they win by a touchdown, but I'm going to take the under. I just think that the Colts have 
been surviving on defense. And this is the one team that they played thus far that has enough firepower and different levels of an offense, even without Nick Chubb, that if the if the doors were to open to allow points, this might be the first game to do, to do it. And I think that the Browns' defense is playing better than what you're giving them credit for right now, even allowing 38 points last week against the Cowboys. I think that there's a lot. There, I think there's a lot to unpack there. I, I think that you you make some good points. Again, I just don't. I, I'm probably not going to bet on the game. I just don't have the ball. I'm fine with either. But if I have to put my two cents in on that game, that's how I'm looking at it. Three and a half points, though. That's you give me that that hook. Woo! That changes the game, yeah. baby. Because like you said, we're talking about a defensive struggle. Both of you guys are leaning towards the under. I guess. I guess. I, I guess. It's at 49. Man, with the way the NFL is going, it's really hard to take the under based off of the percentages that I'm seeing. I'd probably still take the over just based purely off of how the last couple weeks have, have gone out. But I definitely see what you guys are saying. You guys provided a better handicap as far as the total goes than I could or that I have I have presented. Um, so I, I can see I've it being – probably been on the under all four games, though. I can look it up for you real quick. That, yeah. that, that's probably, that probably is true. Um, but the, Brown, the Browns have not. And I, I, like I said, it, it's just it would be. I, I do think this could be a defensive struggle based off what you guys have said, which would, which, which would lend itself to the field goal and the hook, three and a half points. I mean, you know, that's a, a big spread. People forget because we talk about the college spreads on here all the time, and we're betting on games where they're giving up twenty eight points. How different the spread is in the NFL? I mean, we we lost game, we lose games on the hook yeah. all the time. So that three and a half like, changes the game. What is it? Sixty five percent of the games this year have been on the over. Yeah, yes. it's, it, it's high yeah. 60s to 70s. And the Colts this year have been 3-1 against the spread. There you go. And they've been 1-3 against the uh, over-under. Now, I do want to make sure everybody knows, that one game that they lost against the spread, I had money on, on the Colts. Amazing. And yeah, me I too. Bet on them me too. I haven't bet on them since. I haven't bet on them since. I, I 40% hate, of brackets, so right? 40% of... That's uh, right. Yeah, Survivor. That's right. That's right. But this was the Browns Wire podcast. Did you guys have anything else to add before we get off of here? I think I said Ryan, did you want to? <laughs> Ryan, did you want to announce the winner of the uh, the first Austin Hooper eight by ten autograph? Is it what we discussed about in the chat? Yeah, that's who it is. Oh, well, Mr. Jacob Overby gets the first official memorabilia giveaway, Mr. Austin Hooper himself. We, got, we, we would give, get a soundboard. We would give him a slow clap, but Josh is giving clap to people. <sighs> I, I have been. No, you know what? All this talk about the, the COVID and the, you know, the, the coronavirus, no one has ever cared about the HPV I have. I've had that virus for years, and no one's said anything. And it's upset. It's getting to the point where I'm getting upset. But whatever. Regardless. Congratulations, Jake. Yeah, congrats, congratulations, Jake. Uh, we will be putting your 8x10 in the mail very soon. Congratulations. And we have three more. Three more if someone wants to. What are, what are the rules again, Ryan? You made the rules because you're better at that. So you got to, you have like, to, you have to oh. like the um, Thursday episode. You have to follow the Browns Wire podcast on Twitter along with Josh and myself. And you have to retweet and share it as well. We'll pick one winner based off of meeting those categories each week. And we'll announce it in next week's episode. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at JoshKeatley16. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Browns Wire Pod. We are going to create a TikTok 
I guess now that's the next step. And we have a YouTube channel that hopefully we're going to be able to upload videos to that we have not done yet, even though it's been in existence for probably two months now because we're pathetic. So we're going to be working on all that. Make sure you give us a like, review, share, all that good stuff. Uh, you can always DM me. My DMs are always open, especially if you're a female that's attractive. Nathan, where can they hit you up at? Uh, DTF underscore indie. I think, right? <laughs> I can't Dude, my, oh my I can't god! My oh my god! I think I'm going to change it to "Longtime Listener of Browns Wire Podcast." You should. You should. That's pretty long. I don't think that's going to work. But ladies, you know what that DTF stands for. So go ahead and hit up Nathan Ryan's and his DMs. Ryan, where can they hit you up at? Uh, I would just please swipe right on Nathan's Tinder or anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I want to see happen. Uh, Twitter for me is I am Ryan Keith. Awesome. You're on all of them. You can follow you can follow Nathan on on plenty of fish. Only Cupid or okay, OnlyFans. He's got an OnlyFans. Yeah. All right, we, we are we are out. Others treat your fries as an afterthought. All you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut skin on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. This is your Wendy's wake-up call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh-brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup, free, when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third-party delivery.